Welcome to Monday Morning Coffee with Inside the Firm. Each week, our hosts will be interviewing local, regional, and national business leaders to give you an inside peek into how they lead their business to success in the ever-competitive business climate. All right. Uh, welcome to Monday Morning Coffee with Inside the Firm. Today, I have a special guest, guest from around the globe. Uh, he's clear over in Australia. His name is Russ Stevens, and he is the CEO and founder of the Association of Professional Builders. He has a true passion for helping entrepreneurs and mentoring professional builders globally. His entrepreneurial story starts in 1983 in South London, England, when at the age of 19, he left his father's retail business and started selling toiletries and household cleaning products to discount stores from the back of a van. By the turn of the century, the business was employing over 50 staff and was ranked number one in the country for productivity and ROI. Russ, welcome to the show. Thanks so much, Lance. Really excited to be here. Yeah, glad to have you. Before we get into things, maybe you could tell us and the audience a little bit more about why you left your father's business and then how you started your, your own out of the van. Yeah, interesting story. Uh, I guess it wasn't so much that I chose to leave as he sacked me. Uh, okay. I was driving him mad. <laughs> he, uh, he was in retail and uh, I guess I, I had a passion for doing things uh, on a bit bigger scale. So I started buying in larger quantities and wholesaling to, to other retailers and, uh, and it was driving him mad. Um, so in the end, he, he basically told me to clear off and do my own thing, which I did. <laughs> Yeah. And obviously it's led you to a very interesting career path of, you know, where you're at now. So the entrepreneurial um, blood is just running through your guys' veins um, all day long. It sounds like in, in the family. Um, so after the van business, you, you decided to move to Australia and that's where you got into the construction industry. Tell us about that move and then how you got into the construction industry because of that move. Yeah, uh, well, interestingly, it was uh, it was always a, a passion of mine to to move to the um, south of the equator, really, the southern hemisphere, and, and always had my eye on New Zealand, uh, even as a as a young kid. But uh, when I met my wife, she she was uh, very clear she wanted to move to Australia. So we formulated a plan. We were gonna we we're gonna move to Australia once uh, once our firstborn reached the age of thirteen, um, because we we kind of. Did the research and realized that after that age kids find it hard to settle and uh, so we we made a plan we wrote it down we knew exactly what we needed to happen we had to grow the business to a certain level um, so that that gave me the why I guess for the business really to, to keep driving that forward and uh, we we landed in Australia on my son's 13th birthday so that's the power of writing down your goals I think uh, very important and uh, in Australia, uh, we we couldn't um, we couldn't set up on a on an investment visa um, in order to become permanent residents. We had to set up a business. Yeah, that was the requirement for us. Uh, we had to set up a business and employ people. I didn't want to go back into distribution. Yeah, it was getting tougher and tougher. Um, but I looked around, and construction was very big in Australia. And uh, I kind of looked at it and believed that uh, it, it shouldn't be treated as a commodity. A lot of people, you know, especially people in the industry, uh, builders, they get very hung up on margins and, and pricing. And uh, really, from the outside, it's very hard to compare two prices, especially on a custom home. So I believe there was an opportunity there um, to, to work with builders and, um, and, and to really show them how they could, they could earn a lot more money from, from doing what they were doing. And you didn't have any building experience prior to 
getting into the construction business, correct? No, that's right. Uh, no experience uh, at all. Uh, got into it, learnt uh, learnt a lot in um, in the in the first five years. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's incredible um, the amount of learns uh, builders have to go through uh, setting up a, a business, and it's uh, it's a very uh, painful and expensive process getting those de- decisions wrong. But uh, no, I I had no uh, no experience there of actually operating a, a building company, so so you had to learn had to learn really really fast. But um, the experience from being in business outside the construction industry, I think, really helped because you can bring a lot of those ideas, strategies, systemization into an industry that's not um, not fully systemized, to be honest, um, not fully organized. Yeah. So how did you exactly purchase the, the company? I mean, were you just knocking on doors and, and finding people and hopefully finding the right one that wanted to sell their business? I mean... Some people, you know, a lot of people you hear about these stories of, well, maybe they work for the company for four or five, six, 10, 12 years, whatever. And then the owners eventually want, you know, try to sell, do an internal kind of sale. How how did yours work? So uh, I started the Association of Professional Builders uh, from scratch with my daughter, Sky Stevens. So uh, originally, uh, I guess the story started around about 2010, where I was providing services to the construction industry in terms of contract signing. And, and this was kind of building on the belief that builders could, could charge more. Um, so we would prepare contracts for building companies and then go out to consumers and get those contracts signed. And it gave us a great opportunity to get insights into why consumers were signing contracts with builders. And what we found, it was never the price never the price that only happens in investment uh, homes it was always the level of detail it was the communication it was a number of other reasons but builders had this belief that they were losing jobs on price so there was obviously this hmm. this disconnect um but uh around about that time my daughter had uh, just started um university and um she was uh, she was studying marketing at the time, and we were talking at home uh, about the future of marketing, the internet, the impact it was having on marketing, and it was from that conversation that we decided to set up a marketing agency for residential home builders because we knew that we're missing out on a lot of good opportunities because they simply weren't marketing themselves very well. A lot of conversation I was having, I was actually helping builders, you know, showing them what they need to be doing on their website and they they enjoyed that. So that kind of gave me a buzz as well. So uh, with my daughter, Sky Stevens, we set up this marketing agency and started generating leads for builders. So we'd build websites, we would manage their Facebook campaigns, their their Google campaigns. And um, through generating all those leads, we realized that uh, a lot of guys still weren't successful. I mean, some guys were saying to us the leads were rubbish. Others, you know, were, were, were quite successful. And what we realized was the thing that we're missing was the sales process. So in 2014, we launched a new product or service called Acris Sales Training, where we taught builders the sales process. And that, that took off. That went phenomenally well. So well, in fact, that... Um, a year later, that we, again, these guys now had leads coming to them. They were converting those leads into sales, but they were still time poor. They weren't earning enough money. Uh, and it was at that point we come to realization that really we need. there's so much more we need to be teaching these guys. We need to be talking to them about margins, um, understanding their financials, leadership skills uh, as well, and even, even a better mindset. And that is why uh, we launched the Association of Professional Builders 
which was a, a, a coaching company dedicated to improving the construction industry for both builders and consumers. So that, that started from scratch and, uh, and now we're coaching close to 500 builders worldwide. Amazing. My question was actually, it should have been a little bit more specific. It was actually, how did you find that original construction business? Um, but I would ah, love- okay. so when first, yeah, when I first moved over, it was, um, yeah, it was a franchise opportunity. That was the easiest way. Okay. Uh, uh, yeah, to get into the industry because uh, I thought I could learn a lot from a from a franchise opportunity. But uh, how wrong can you be? Um, <laughs> yeah, even the even the franchises, you know, are not as systemized as uh, as you as you would think they would be. Um, you know, you'd think it would be like a, a McDonald's franchise. You know, you've got everything systemized uh, and run, but uh, that's simply not the case in construction. Yeah, I, well, I believe it. Right. And I think one of the major points you're bringing out here is the lack of systemization. Um, and I, you, you also have some other questions kind of popped up in my head here, too, I'd like to ask you about builders specifically. Um, but when you bought that first business, it was, so it was in 2006, right? Um, yeah. the, okay. And so right before the real estate crash, right before the market crashed entirely, we had, we had the Great Recession. And then you made a pivot to keep things going. What was that pivot? Um, you know, because banks weren't lending any money to keep keep that business going, which then led then eventually led to um, your marketing agency. Absolutely, yes. Um, so around about two thousand and nine, the banks weren't lending, as you were saying. There was uh, there was no contracts being signed, especially in the high end custom home, and that's where we were. We were in the high end custom homes, so there was literally there was nothing going on. So you had to make a decision at that point: were you going to drop down into uh, into the two, three thousand hundred uh, two or three hundred thousand uh, dollar investment homes? Or um, were you going to sit it out and wait for the market to come back? And and it was that point that decided, well, we had a lot of knowledge in terms of the front end of the business, actually managing um, the client contract, putting all the detail together. And that's what we started doing, um, was producing those contracts for builders. So providing services for, for other builders. I guess at the time, I might have been thinking it was treading water until the market came back, um, but it kind of uh, evolved into other things. Yeah, absolutely. And obviously you're successful. I think you said, what do you say? Over, you're coaching right now over 500 folks? Yeah, close to 500 builders at this moment in time, um, but growing at a, at a rapid pace. Yes. And you and you do, it's not just Australia, right? You guys are international at this point. No, um, probably less than 50% now is in Australia. So um, yeah, we, uh, we are servicing building companies in New Zealand, Canada, the US, we we have coaches based in Canada and the US uh, as well. So yeah, we've um, yeah we've got a, a significant operation uh, over there. What do you think? What do you, what is the biggest the thing that stuck out to you maybe the most in starting to in helping other builders um, be better business people? Basically, uh, what what were some of the things that you found that just like that were common along all of them that they lacked that where there was a big gap. Um, between actually building something, finding the client, getting the client. Was there just some things that constantly kept popping up when when you were engaging with them? Yeah, that, that's an interesting question because it's uh, it's very much a moving target, uh, and we we do study this and uh, and keep a close eye on it. A couple of years ago, um, it was all marketing. You know, you you talk to most builders. I just need more leads. 
Yeah, mm. we know that wasn't the fundamental problem with their business. The fundamental problem is always margins. That's always the first place to start with a builder. But you have to give them what they want first, and then you can start showing them what they need. So it was marketing, but now um, at this moment in time, it's probably never been easier. Uh, I wouldn't say easier to run a building company, but it's never been easier to um, to acquire clients for a building company. And builders have never been busier than they are right now. And this all started about 12 months ago. And uh, and now the, the industry is under enormous stress and strain from uh, labor and material shortages. And the, the real number one topic at the moment is all about pricing and margins because price uh, margins are being eroded and uh, builders typically sign fixed price contracts and they're needing help with managing their margins, understanding their margins, understanding their financials. Yeah, when, when somebody contacts you, and a, a builder, and, and they wanna start working with you, what, is that, what does that process look like? Is it, um, and, and how long does it take? I mean, is, are, you, are you signing lifelong clients or is there sort of a Russ, Russ Stevens school of, of how to become a good builder business person and then you graduate ideally we're we're attracting members for life um because what we're doing is we're building a community and we have uh, builders that uh, started working with us back in 2014 that are still members still working with us now because learning uh, we take the kaizen approach it's this ongoing process of uh, constant improvement constant learning we're always developing new tools for builders so we do we, we very much have that mindset of members for life to continue working but obviously we're not locking in uh, uh builders for life and and builders, uh, quite rightly, uh, are, uh, can be a little sceptical, uh, a little bit anxious to start and, uh, and want to kind of put a toe in the water. So what we offer builders is the opportunity to become a member of the Association of Professional Builders for $2,000 a year. And that gives them access to all of our systems. Now, this is an important step for us because if we're going to be working with a builder one-on-one and coaching them and investing time and energy, we need to know that they're serious about systemizing their building companies and that they buy into the methodologies that um, we're putting out there. So by allowing them access to our systems for a nominal fee, they can see what the APB is all about. And from there, We'll then have a strategy session with them where we'll go deeper uh, into their business and understand where the, the real problems are and if it makes sense for both the coach and the, the builder. Um, there's an opportunity there for, for the guys to, to work together one-on-one. But I guess the main difference about the Association of Professional Builders and either generic coaching or even coaching that is dedicated to builders is that uh, all of our personal, private, one-on-one coaching is all based on DDD, which is data-driven decisions. So we set our builders up with a KPI spreadsheet, a KPI dashboard, and that way the coach can see exactly where the business is at any one time across something like 20 key performance indicators. And that allows the coach to go straight to the real problem rather than wasting time on the superficial problem or maybe where the business owner may think there's a problem or they might want to revisit a problem they previously sold because they get into the comfort zone. So that's a, a very important differentiator about the way we work. Well, maybe you could share with us, without naming names, one of the your best success stories so far of someone that's came in and they were desperate uh, or not or whatever, but one of those best success stories. I'd love to hear that. 
Yeah, one of my favorite clients um, was, I think it was the second or third builder that actually signed up into our program way back in 2014 now. And it was a, a husband and wife team, lovely, lovely people. And um, they came in, they, they got it immediately. They understood exactly what we were teaching in terms of the financials. They understood the, the calculations that have to be performed in construction, which not many people understand this, not even accountants. So we teach that to them as well. And, and they got this, they produced accurate financials and they grew their margin and they grew it. They were working on something like 5.75% gross margin, which is just insane. Holy cow. And, and, uh, and our benchmark for a new home builder is a 25% margin, which is a 33% markup, which yeah, builders laughed at us five years ago when we told them that. But uh, now, because we have the proof, it's become widely accepted that uh, those are the benchmarks with a 10% net profit. But the thing I love about this couple is that he told me 18 months later, he said he, he came from a trades background and the mentality very much then was, what's the point in earning more money? You only got to pay more tax. And he said, I know that sounds stupid, but <laughs> that's the way we think. And, uh, and, and, and now, um, yeah, they take their family away, lovely family. They take their family away to Hawaii and, uh, and the different camping trips, uh, numerous overseas holidays, obviously when we could go overseas, building themselves a, a lovely home as well. It's it's just fantastic to see and very, very rewarding to know that you've been able to help someone to, to change their life to that level and, and go from a, a five-figure income, to be honest, um, up to, yeah, we're, we're, we're talking, you know, uh, five, six, seven hundred thousand income, which is, which is a life changer. That's absolutely life changing for sure. At that point, then you start to figure out what to do with your money to um, not avoid taxes, but defer the taxes a little bit better, right? People have that, people have that figured Become out. Tax efficient. Become tax efficient. I love that. That's even better. And they don't spend yeah. it wise enough, do they, for us to, uh, to be giving them any more than they need? Absolutely. Yeah, they shouldn't get a penny. So uh, one, one thing you brought up was um, just that some folks are operating on this very thin kind of margin. And, and I, I keep also hearing some, th some themes that you're repeating where people aren't, they don't have the basics kind of uh, at their fingertips for running a business like this. Why do you think there's a gap between for, for, for builders to not have that kind of knowledge? Is it simply because a lot of them maybe were tradesmen or tradeswomen and there's no real kind of formal education, be it they, you don't have to go to college. You could, you could take a course like yours or, you know, get in this association and kind of learn all that. It, wh wh where's that gap coming from? Yeah, I think, uh, I think that's, uh, I think that's spot on. It's uh, the, the traditional path for a residential home builder is that they, they left school uh, early. They went, they did an apprenticeship, they completed their apprenticeship and they started their own carpentry team. And at that point, they were doing small jobs for homeowners or they started subcontracting for builders. And at some point, they they either decided, uh, they looked at what the builder was doing and thought, I can do a better job than that guy. Or maybe they just looked at the money and thought there's more money in that. But either way, they made that leap from running a carpentry team to becoming a builder. Now, running a building company is one of the most complex things you can do because you're bringing together materials and labor on a fixed timeline for a fixed budget. 
and it's your money at risk because it's a, a fixed budget. Very, very complex. It takes a lot of planning and a lot of organization. And a lot of guys, because they haven't had any kind of formal training in systems or anything like that, they do everything in their head. So they're doing call forwards for materials like two months in advance and they're keeping it all in their head. Extremely difficult. Um, but it is, they've, they've never, been, never been exposed to any kind of training that lays everything out for them. This is how you organize your project management. You know, there's a system behind it. This is how you plan your jobs. These are the margins you need to be working on. And this is the reason why. This is how you understand your financials. 95% of builders that come to us do not understand their financials. And that's fine because we break it all down into simple, easy to understand reports. And the truth is, you know, we're saying 95% of builders don't understand their financials. 95% of accountants don't understand construction financials. There's a, yeah, there's a, there's a misunderstanding there because there's a key number in the accounts that accountants confuse with manufacturing, which results in incorrect financial reports being created. So if you're, if you're running a building company and you've ever looked at your profit going up one month and then down the month and it makes no sense, the reason is you're missing a simple calculation, which a lot of accountants simply don't understand. Yeah, yeah, I, and you're filling you're filling in a hole that I think a lot, we've been waiting for people to fill. I actually went to um, two years of technical trade school, basically to be a contractor, and I think some of the things they missed were how to put together an estimate. You could estimate materials, but that's quite different from understanding okay, if, if my carpenter is charging me $25 an hour, what, what should I be billing him out, him, he or she out at? How do the profit margins work? What does a P&L look like? So bravo for, for everything that you're doing for the industry. I, I think you're making a bigger difference in a university, if you could be, could be, be completely honest with you, Russ. Um, so I, ho- I hope people uh, listening to this podcast will reach out to you and, and get in touch. We have a lot of builders, uh, architects who become builders who listen to this show. Um, what, what is, what is one mistake that, that you found that all builders, um, make right away? Is is there one that just also sticks out where you're like, Oh, it seems like all, all the new builders are making this mistake. Maybe one of those ones where you said, if you don't have a lot of money, you can't learn all these mistakes and you need to make very, very few. I I think the biggest mistake, uh, the most widespread mistake we see is, uh, not understanding the difference between markup and margin. Um, and the, the problem is in our industry, those terms seem to be used interchangeably. Um, yeah. Even by big organizations, I've seen big organizations refer to margin when they're really they're talking about markup. And that costs builders a lot of money because um, when a builder doesn't understand the difference, they might believe that they're working on a 15% margin um when really they've only put a 15% markup on and that's dangerous and maybe if they put um a 20% markup on they might think that's a 20% margin they might look at $100,000 coming into the bank account and thinking 20% of that is profit it's not it's 16.6% now that is a lot of money that is not profit three and a half thousand and the other misconception uh especially with new home builders is new, building new homes is cash flow positive and that means you've got more cash coming into the business than going out. And that's there's a number of reasons for that. You know, jobs get front loaded. Nothing wrong with that. It helps with uh, cash flow. Invoices don't always come in as quickly as they, they should. But the end result is when you've got six jobs all at different stages, you could have half a million dollars in the bank account 
and not realise just how much of that is other people's money because your creditors report shows 200,000 but there is a hidden liability. We call it the work in progress accounting adjustment and we built a calculator to calculate that figure out. But that is the danger figure because a builder that looks at his bank balance and thinks, well, I've got $200,000 in creditors. I know I've got more invoices coming in. I don't know how many, but even if we said 100,000, I've got 200,000 profit. We go out and buy a new boat or a jet ski or a mm. new U. This is what this is where builders run into trouble. Um, so I guess I gave you a couple there, but yeah, it's uh, it starts with markup and margin, but uh, really it then comes to not understanding the financials and spending money that they don't have. Yeah, that that niche problem that you just identified is one that I am aware of every single time we do a building project of oh I've got a hundred thousand in the bank, but wait a minute, who hasn't invoiced me yet? before I make my next draw so that I can do the calculation. And it's something every builder should be aware of, whether or not they do or do not take your course. I think that is something that could really catch you in a bad, bad position. And that's where maybe 80% of them go, you know, a belly up within the first five years for reasons yeah, like that. Absolutely. Because I, uh, even a small building company that has annual uh, sales of, say, $6 million, they could be uh, carrying a hidden liability of between half a million and a million dollars. The numbers are huge. Absolutely. Um, it surprises people. The other, the other side of that coin, of course, is that when their uh, accountant isn't recognizing this number and inserting it into their accounts, they're overstating their profits. So they're actually paying tax on profits they haven't made. And that's you know, further hurting their cash flow. 100%. Russ, this has been great. One question I like to ask everybody, um, just in, it's a it's a it, it's a question I ask everybody, um, and you can relate it to whatever business or background you'd like to. But um, knowing what you know now, and before you started the Association of Professional Builders and co-founded, I should I should clarify too, um, you're one of the co-founders. What is one piece of advice you would give yourself? One piece. That's an interesting question. Um, I, I think uh, go harder um, because I've just seen the impact that we've had with so many builders and uh, and it kind of makes me regret all those people that may have spoken to five years ago, four years ago, three years ago, maybe didn't convince them to become members. You feel kind of responsible that you've let them down, that they weren't mm -hmm. able to show them why they needed this information. And, um, and, and I see people that uh, I would have spoken to four or five years ago still struggling in the same place and I feel responsible that I haven't helped them. So, uh, yeah, I think my advice to myself is like, go harder. You, you know you have the right solutions. You know you've got the solutions that can help them. You've got to be able to show these guys the value. I love that. Russ, if people want to get in touch with you, where can they find and follow you and your companies? associationofprofessionalbuilders.com uh, can just uh, type that in or uh, put it into a Google search and we will come up and uh, once you land on that uh, page you'll see a load of free resources we run a free webinar every week at the moment uh, um, they, they could cover financials marketing sales the topics vary but we run a free webinar every week there's also tools you can download and you can even watch a video which will show you behind the curtain of what goes on inside the association of professional builders beautiful russ thanks so much you have a you have a great day really appreciate your time and, and coming on the show thanks so much lance really enjoyed it all right